Okay. Um, anyone got any any response? You've all been talking, and so that means you all have an answer to this question. What do you spend your days doing? Shout some of those things out. Procrastinating, yes. Eating, being tired, yes. What else? Do you, what do you spend your time doing? Sleeping, working, talking, fun, playing cricket, niche, yes. Anything else? Someone over here said school. Gabe said school. Yeah? Maybe not in the summer holidays. You might. I don't know. Um, anything else? What do you spend your time doing? Seeing your friends. Playing music, baking. Lots of things that we spend our days doing. Okay, I've got a second question for you. If you had a spare 20 minutes, think you've just finished one thing and you're not, you don't need to start something else for 20, 30 minutes, what would you do in that time? Again, 30 seconds, talk to the person next to you. If you had a spare 20, 30 minutes, what would you do? Okay, about 10 seconds left. Okay, if you had a spare 20, 30 minutes, what would you spend your time doing? Watching YouTube? Twitter? Snapchat? Messaging people? Put on a wash. Put your hand up if that was your answer. Gosh, there was also excellent teaching in your year at Download. <laughs> you both would spend your spare time putting on a wash. Um, I wish I was more like you guys. I think I can sit down now. I think we've learned enough. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think it's really interesting to think about how we spend our time, what we do in our busy time, what we do in our free time. And did you know, this is my fun fact of the morning, and that this will apply to this week. On average, people spend one hour and 42 minutes on the toilet. None of you said that when you say what you spend your day with. No one said on the toilet. In the space of this week, a week, sorry, you spend one hour and 42 minutes a week on the loo. There we go. Oh, Anya said on the toilet. Thank you. Um, we are going to have a look at Matthew 25 this morning. We're going to start at verse 14. Um, we're going to have a look at another parable that Jesus told. Um, and this follows on from what Jonathan was saying yesterday. A parable is a story that Jesus told as part of his teaching. Yesterday, Jonathan spoke to us about Jesus' return, looking at the parable of the bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom. Jonathan told us that we need to be ready and waiting for when that day comes. And this parable, the parable of the bags of gold that we're going to look at this morning, teaches us something of what that waiting looks like. What do we do between now and then? Jesus here is talking to his followers. And so for this morning, we're going to be having a think about what does it mean to live as a Christian waiting for Jesus's return. So if you haven't found it yet, we're having a look at Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14, all the way through to 30. Um, and here it talks about a master who is with his servants, who leaves them and entrusts them with something whilst he's gone with a promise to return. 
Now, this might look like quite a long passage of scripture, um, but I was reminded this morning of something that Scott Rushby said on our weekend away back in March, um, that the Bible is God's word and God speaks to us through his word. And therefore, we should be up for reading big chunks of scripture and be prepared that God is going to speak to us through that. And so I'm going to invite Lena up to read um, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Um, and let's be open to hear what God has to say to us through his word this morning. Hello. Um, is this working? Okay. Um, this is the parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has been, sorry, for whoever has, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you, Marcina. Um, what a verse to end on. There we go. Um, so what, what does this mean? Jesus tells a story as part of his teaching. Um, to help us understand, but what is he helping us to understand here? We've just heard that there's a master who goes away and gives money to his servants, and when the master returns, he comes to see what has been done whilst he's been away. I don't know about you, but when I think about waiting, I sometimes think of a doctor's waiting room where you kind of you sit around and you're just waiting. If you're anything like me, when you take a seat, there's probably at least one or two seats next to the person next to you. So there's a bit of a gap. Um, and if you're anything like me, you'll sit down, get your phone out and just kind of scroll, message a few people. Um, try not to make eye contact with too many people around the room. And you just sit there and wait. So is this what waiting is like? Or maybe waiting is more like if you've planned a surprise party for someone and you've just received the text that they're pulling up outside. You know, you've done all the preparation. I was at a surprise party for my friend once and we'd done the decorating, we'd set everything up and then we were waiting. And we were waiting. And then we're like, get the text that, oh, they were five minutes late leaving the house, so we're waiting some more. And then we get the text, they arrive, we jump out, shout happy birthday and the party begins. Success. So is this what the waiting is like? Well, let's go back to that passage in Matthew and have a look. 
Two of the servants had invested and worked the money. Five bags became ten bags. Two bags became four bags. But the third servant was filled with fear. And he was too afraid to do anything with the money. And so he hid it. He gave back one bag, exactly what had been given with him. But the master wasn't pleased with this. And I want to say that there are lots of aspects to this parable. There are lots of different ways to kind of pull out key points from it. Um, and so for this morning, we're just going to be having a look at what does this mean for our life now? This parable teaches us about eternity. It wouldn't really fit into this week if it didn't. But actually, it teaches us what does it mean to live now whilst holding an eternal focus? Think back to the rope that Thea showed us last night. We can live now, that tiny bit on the end, knowing that that rope continues and keeps going and keeps going. So what impact does our understanding about eternity have on the life that we live now? We have a promise that one day Jesus will return. And meanwhile, we are waiting. Just like we heard yesterday with the bridesmaids. And in this parable with the servants who were taking care of the money, they were waiting for the return of someone. And we are also waiting for Jesus' return. And we've been given gifts and blessings, just like the servants were given bags of gold, whilst we wait. So what do we do? What do we do whilst we wait? Do our lives now even have a purpose? Or let's go even bigger picture than that. What is the meaning of life? There's a podcast that you may or may not have heard of called Diary of a CEO. It's a podcast by a guy called Stephen Bartlett. And Jimmy Carr was invited on this podcast. And as part of his interview, they talk about the meaning of life. And Jimmy Carr quite confidently says he can explain the meaning of life in five words. Easy. You can do it. Enjoying the passage of time. Enjoying the passage of time. And he continues to say, that's it. It's enjoying the passage of time. The chances of us being here are so small, and yet we're here and we have this shot. It's incredible. Enjoying the passage of time is about all I've got. That's it. Enjoying the passage of time, that's it. Is it? I think this view is interesting, but from reading Matthew 25 and many other parts of the Bible, it teaches us that there is more than that. There's got to be more than that that we have a purpose and a mission. And I think we just need to look at the master's response to the servants to understand that it's more than just enjoying the time. And we can find this purpose and mission all the way back at the start of the Bible. Um, so can you turn to Genesis chapter 1? Right back, pretty much, probably like past the contents page, but pretty much one of the first pages of the Bible. I'm going to have a look at verses 27 and 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. And I'll read them out. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. God gives us a command here. He gives us a purpose. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. This is a command, an instruction to work, to care, and create. 
It tells us what we should be doing in the waiting. This is our Eden-given, our Garden of Eden-given mission. But is being fruitful and increasing in number and filling the earth just about having children? No, I don't think it's just about that. This is a command to work, care, and create, to make culture, to create community for God, to take what's been given of us, think back to the parable, the servants took the bags of gold, to take what has been given to us and make something more, to transform the world around us for the glory of God. Until the day that Jesus returns, we should be working and creating And can you see now how the servants in the parable showed something of this command? Here, all the way in Genesis 1, we have the purpose and mission that God has given us. In a book called Garden City, which I think Jack promoted yesterday, I was going to hold up a copy, but they've all been borrowed. So well done, everybody. Have a read of it when they are returned to the library. Um, In a book called Garden City by John Marcoma, he talks a lot about these verses um, and In summary, he says that we are created to be the image of God. We are God's representative on the earth. It's our job and our purpose to fill the earth and subdue it. When we're doing this, what Thea, your seal in the ocean moment is just has just stuck with me. That is the seal in the ocean moment. This is what we're meant to be doing. We're doing what we were made for. And John Markoma says this: make something of the world you've been dropped into. If you have a forest, do something with it. You have a river, make it work for you. Plant crops, build houses, invent solar power, design computers, make music, shape art, come up with technology. Fill the earth and subdue it. Continue the project that God has started. God's command to us is to work it and take care of it until that day when Jesus returns. So we're going to jump back to the parable in Matthew 25 for a moment. And we're going to think about that third servant, the servant who was afraid and he hid the money and returned exactly the same thing to his master. Now, I'll be honest, I don't think what this servant did here is necessarily awful. He looked after what was given him and he gave it back exactly as he received it. He didn't lose any of the money, but it wasn't the purpose or the mission. That wasn't the ultimate goal. The servant was too afraid to do anything with what he'd been given. And as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, do any of us relate to this? Do we have days that look like this? Days where making something of the world feels scary, that planting crops, building houses, making music, creating technology just feels a step too far, that it's all too daunting. I've definitely had days that feel like this. And if you are feeling like this currently, please do come and speak to one of the team. But do you know what? I know that God can do something with this. In amongst everything, we can keep our eyes on him. We can dream God-given dreams. And we can keep an eternal focus even when we don't feel like it. Even when the world around us feels too scary or too much, we can keep that eternal focus because God can work with that. The more time we spend with God, the more time we allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing power of his Holy Spirit, the more we become like him. And through his power, we can shape the world around us for the glory of God. We're in that period of waiting. 
a bit like the question at the start, thinking about what would you do if you had a spare 20 or 30 minutes? We have a question to ask about what we do now. We're in the middle of that parable where the master has gone and the servants are waiting for his return. Jesus has promised that one day he will return, but what do we do until that day? Our life has a purpose. Our life here is more. It's more than the waiting in the doctor's room. It's even more than the anticipation of a surprise birthday party. Life is more, it has to be more, than simply enjoying the passage of time. We have a purpose. We have a mission. Before I finish, I want to be really clear in saying that this parable is not teaching us to overwork ourselves, to stress ourselves out thinking that we're never doing enough. I don't want anyone to go away thinking that. Have another read of Genesis 1 and look at the pattern of creation. God worked, he created, and he rested. But this parable teaches us that there is work to be done, that we need to be mindful of what we're working on. What are we investing our time and energy in? Are we doing what we're doing for God's sake? Does our work glorify God? Does our rest glorify God? Does anything need to change? So let's take what has been given to us, the world and the people around us, and make something of it. Like John Marcoma said in Garden City, let's plant crops, build houses, invent solar power, design computers, make music, shape art, come up with technology. The list can go on. Continue the project that God has started. Let's care for the people around us in a radically different way. Let's love and cherish others. Let's show the love and kindness when other people wouldn't. Let's dream big dreams. Let's do good work with what God has given us to live and work for the glory of God. This is meant to be exciting. This, there is hope in this. This is so joy-filled. There is huge potential here as well as responsibility. There's a purpose in what we do now. And this gives us the space and opportunity to dream big dreams. I am so excited to see what all of you individually do with your lives. I am, and the team here, we are so excited to see what you do and where you go from here. God has given us dreams to dream. He's given us a purpose and a mission, and we can make something of it. So I want you to think about what has God given you? that you can grow, that you can work, that you can invest? What are you interested in? What is your passion? What can you do to make something more of what God has given us? Let's take what we have and give it back to God in all we do. Let's make something more to glorify him and benefit his kingdom. We can dream big dreams for the kingdom's sake, to work, to glorify God and benefit his kingdom. I'm going to hand back to Jack. <laughs>